Hi, everybody. Hello. So, um, this is Scared Sleepless. This is episode one, I guess. Which, let me uh, tell you, it feels kind of scary. Um, like, I have been a streamer before, and I've streamed on Twitch, and I did that whole thing for a little while. So, I mean, it's not, it's not that different, but it is because I'm talking to myself, which makes it a little bit weirder. Um, at least, at least with the stream, I have people I can talk to. Um, and also, it's gonna be, so, usually, whenever I streamed, I would, like, use, um, like, look at, look at myself in the, <laughs> in my, uh, recording software and be like, do I look, do I look fine? And I guess I always, you know, did that to cheat, but I'm looking right under my camera now instead, because that way you get, like, a, a frontal, that sounds real gross. Anyways, <laughs> my name is Whitney. Um, I'm going to be the host of this lovely podcast. Uh, each episode is going to be a really small dive into the paranormal or like gruesome true crime. Um, and I'm going to try to like make it a little funny, but the true crime is really difficult because you can't really sometimes make that funny. Um, so uh, I'm going to do my best not to fuck it up. Uh, give you the best information that I can. Um, also, I have a script this time to like get to get myself like a little bit of what I'm gonna do. Uh, but I'm gonna try to like slowly get off script. Um, but let's face it, um, this stuff is gonna be a mood killer. So, anyways, uh, let's get started. So today's topic is one that uh, I've heard about like all my life, which is really funny. Um, and I actually had a few people. Um, that I knew in high school who have actually gone here, um, but I've never been. Never been. Um, I don't, in real, like, podcast, uh, usually people who like paranormal things want to go to the place. I don't. I don't. Um, so... Anyways, um, but anyway, this this really like was um, as I dug into this this topic, it kind of got me interested in if there are any like ley lines that are in Kentucky, um, because there's like a lot of haunted locations that are in this area, um, and I'm talking like between twenty minutes and two hours. That's so close, like so close. Um, anyway, I'm talking about Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville. Jefferson County, Kentucky. Yay! Um, so, uh, Waverly was purchased by a guy named Major Thomas H. Hayes in, uh, 1833. Uh, he wanted it as a schoolhouse for his daughters, which is really adorable because he wanted his daughters to be educated and built them a school just for them. Um, he hired a woman named Lizzie Lee Harris to teach at the school. Uh, Lizzie, she loved Sir Walter Scott's. Okay, Lizzie. <laughs> um, and he wrote um, these historical novel novels. Wow, novels uh, that she named the school after. Um, they were called Waverly novels, um, and 
there are so many towns that are in North America alone that are named after the Waverly no novels. Um, so there's like Colorado, Nebraska, South Dakota, New York. Too many. Too many. Um, so anyway, Major decided, hey, that's a fantastic idea. Let's name this entire land. Let's, the whole land. We're just going to name it Waverly Hill. Great. And it's on a hill. What do you know? It's like when my grandma, um, she used to, she used to say that, but I mean, she's, she still says it. She's not dead. Um, sorry, grandma. <laughs> so anyways, she used to say that you knew you were rich when you lived on a house on the hill. Um, and I don't know why that meant that you were rich. It just did. So like anytime, um, people would talk about like fancy people, that's what they would say. Anyways. Um, so in the 19th century, tuberculosis, or consumption, as they call it, uh, had killed one in seven of all people that ever lived, which, <sighs> fucking wild. Um, throughout much of the 1800s, consumptive patients sought the cure in sanitariums, or sanatoriums, sanatoriums. Um, it was believed that the rest and health healthful climate would change the disease um so in 1882 robert cox um or coke cox coax uh discovered uh the tubercule bacillum which is what tb is made out of what is what would it, would it be um and at that time i guess they thought that tb was genetic but uh, i don't know why um but thanks to robert he was like hey it's not genetic. It is very contagious, though, so wash your hands. Wash your fucking hands. Anyways, um, so after that, the medical community embraced his findings, and the U.S. launched massive public health changes. Um, they were trying to educate the public. They wanted everyone to know about TB um, and about the prevention and treatment of TB. At this time, though, there was not a cure for TB. Um... So, getting a little ahead of myself. Anyways, uh, TB is also sometimes called consumption um, or the white plague. Uh, it had been an epidemic in Kentucky at that time, which prompted the construction of the sanatorium in 1908. So, uh, tuberculosis killed more than any infectious disease at that time. Uh, historically, victims had less than a 50% survival rate, and many famous people died. Uh, Lord Byron, George Orwell, Paul Ganguin, Reddit Chopin, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. Those are some people. They died. Sorry. And also, if you watch Moulin Rouge, she also died. Um, anyways. Look. It's, it, it, I, I'm sorry. Anyways. <clears throat> back to it. Uh, TB killed uh, slowly. Um, it started off with you feeling kind of yucky. Um, then you got a cough, you had a low-grade fever, and you started losing weight. Um, then you would get chest pains, throat ulcers, you would cough up blood, have pale skin. Um, and then as time went on, the victim's uh, tissue would dissolve. So it was literally eating holes in these people's lungs. Uh, so they couldn't breathe, they couldn't talk, um, and... So doctors called it the graveyard coughs, because if you got the cough, it meant you were going to die. Um, which makes sense, I guess. 
Um, so weirdly enough, one of the things that I had to write down because I thought this was really funny and also leave it to the rich people. Um, so they thought it was like a really romantic disease. Um, for some reason they were like, oh, the sufferer, the sufferer has heightened sensitivity. I don't get it, but whatever. So the slow progression of the sufferer meant that they had a good death. Thanks, I guess, but no thanks. I don't want that. I don't want to die. Um, so it was said to represent spiritual purity at this time and temporal wealth. Leaning to upper class women purposefully failing their skin to look very sickly. Um, they would, I guess, use makeup to do that. Um, British poet Lord Byron even once said... Lord Byron, sir, we're going to have to have a talk. Um, he said, I should like to die from consumption. Um, like, yeah, I guess this sounds cute if you're bored and you want to get a husband to take care of you. Uh, let me be sickly and frail. But let's face it, uh, as someone who has chronic illness, like I do, because I do, uh, it's not cute. Don't love it. Um, but it was also said at that time, you know, to be romantic. So I can name a bunch of movies, Moulin Rouge, blah, blah, blah. People were dying of it. I'm sure there's a bunch of other movies and books. So anyway, back to facts. Um, the sanatorium had two story frame building, uh, at that time, opening for business on July 26th, 1910. Um, it was only meant to house 40 to 50 people at one time. Um, and the original facility had two open-air pavilions, uh, but that expanded into 1912 and created a larger building that also had a children's pavilion that housed children that had the disease, but also children whose parents were too sick and could not care for them. So they stayed there as well with the sick kids, which... Just saying, seems a little weird, seems, seems a little weird. Um, but hey, in 1912, they could have 130 patients. Cool. Um, so during this time, they built uh, some long tunnels. We know about these tunnels, but we're gonna get back to that later. Um, so these tunnels were meant to connect the area of the building so that workers and supplies could be transported through these tunnels. Later on, these tunnels were the body chute, which I will get more into later. Um, but I mean, if you've heard anything about Waverly Hills, you know about the body chute. We, sadly, we know about the body chute. Um, anyways, so it is a 545 feet long rail system. Um, and it had its own little car and you would just like walk the cart up the hill or down the hill or whichever way. Um, but it ended up being the way that they transported bodies from the first floor and the basement. Um, so the fact that this body shoot was really innocent in the beginning, um, it proves how deadly the pandemic during that time had become. Um, they, they did not anticipate the level of death that they saw at Waverly Hills. Um, 
So it grew until they had no choice. They had to hide the bodies because uh, they wanted to keep morale up for the patients. Patients, patients. Yeah. Um, anyways, because not only were the patients seeing people die constantly, constantly, but the doctors and the nurses and the staff were as well. And it was affecting everyone. Because if you can imagine, I mean, and we can, because we've lived through our own pandemic. Um, it is, uh, it, it's rough. And they wanted to hide it as best they could. Um, so that way people would believe that they were going to be okay. Um, and I'm sure that there were a bunch of hospitals during COVID that um, probably felt very similar to the way that we really felt. Um, and it's funny that I decided to do this topic during a pandemic. All right. Um, because TB is so deadly and easily transmissible, it is very much like Rona in that you had it, and you breathed on someone, they were gonna get it. Um, so these sanatoriums were built on a high hill away from the general public. Um, and they were supposed to be serene and peaceful. Um, just a really nice place to go chill, you know? Um, Waverly Hills is a self-contained community, which is really cool. Um, the fact that this existed at this time, um, it had its own zip code, it own, its own post office, uh, water treatment plant, um, it grew its own produce cattle and, like, slaughtered its own meat, had a butcher. It was great. I mean, you know, great. Cool. Um, so when you became a patient, the doctor or nurse or employee, you had to live on the hill. You could not go home. You had children, too bad. If you had a wife, a husband, whatever, sorry, not sorry, like you're stuck here. And um, it was permanent, um, unfortunately, for a lot of people. Um, and as much as I love the concept of moving away into the hills and being a little hag witch up in the woods, um, it was probably really lonely. Um, everyone was forced to live away from their family and their friends. Um, they Back then, they didn't have the internet. There was no Zoom meetings with you and your friends. It was, I'm going to write you this longhand letter with my really tired body and wait probably two weeks to a month for it to get to you. And that's really, like, sad. I mean, we thought we were lonely when we were having Zoom meetings and FaceTime and phone calls. I would pull my damn hair out. I would. I would be pulling my hair out. I'd be up in this hospital and I would just be like, well, I'm going to write this letter to, you know, whoever. And if, if I died before then, like, oh, well, I guess. Um, so anyways, by 1926, the sanatorium had undergone reconstructions. Um, it opened October 17th of that year to have 400 plus patients. So, you know, it, it was getting out of hand. There were so many patients that they, they had to grow. Um, it, at that time, in 1926, it was considered one of the most modern and well-equipped facilities of all time. This place was massive. And I'm going to put up pictures on the YouTube 
channel um, for everyone to see. Um, but it was huge and it was gorgeous. I mean, like the photos that I can find uh, are of course not in color and the ones that are are of it now, but it, it was beautiful. Um, they also had a room called the draining room. I actually did a little bit of research on this and um, it is where patients who had passed would be split open, all their fluids drained from their body yum but see the thing that they did uh, that was gross about this is um it went in a drain and literal drain so like i guess their water treatment plant was doing double time trying to get this crap out of there i don't i don't know i don't know anyways it had eight poles in the center of the room over a large drain where they would put people and um yep yep Good times, good times. Uh, oh, so there's also a gargoyle that previous owners put on the property, which cool. Uh, the the gargoyle is pretty gross and doesn't make sense to me because it's on the ground. Gargoyles were uh like as much as I looked in I looked I looked into gargoyles like you know I was getting really into this. Um, so. They were supposed to be a gutter system. Like, gargoyles were supposed to allow water to drain through their mouths or off the body so that it didn't, like, um, cause damage to buildings. Um, it's weird because gargoyles also have a really rough history because it meant that, like, you were, you know, like, I, I forget what it was essentially, but it, it like, gargoyles are like demons looking guys and their whole history i didn't like get too much into but like it just didn't make sense because this is where people are supposed to be healed and not demon stuff um i tried to find more information about why it was put there and i really couldn't find anything other than there's a picture of it and it's just chilling on the ground um so <clears throat> you know they're i don't know um so there's a bunch of yucky bits and i'm going to tell you now that the yucky bits are coming right now um, i'm gonna get into medical treatments the mistreatment of patients and all that that happened um so i'm just putting a warning there now because it's gonna get a little a little gruesome um and i don't i'm not gonna like mince words really i'm not going to um so anyway uh, doctors did a bunch of experimental procedures uh, during this time, and a lot of patients died. Um, some of the treatments involved were lobectomy and pneumectomy, and it's spelled like pneumonia kind of, but with an M also added, you know, like, let's just make it extra hard to pronounce. Um, which was effectively, they cut out pieces of the damaged lung or infected lung, and sometimes the whole lung, um, which is gross. And uh, you can't breathe well, as it is with the problem, which is a respiratory disease. Um, and then they cut out your lung. And they did not know, I don't think that like, this would not actually fix the problem. 
Um, there's also something called a thoracoplasty, thoracoplasty. That's what I'm gonna thoracoplasty. Um, look, I can't pronounce these big words. Yay! Um, anyways, so that is the removal of several like ribs, and it was supposed to collapse the lung during the time, which was uh the grossest thing um and the average patient at that time would have seven to eight ribs removed and uh only five percent of people uh, actually survived that um because your ribs they they hold your shit in they hold it in and without them but you know i don't know i don't know how anatomy works but i'm assuming like if you take out some ribs your lungs are Chilling on your Audi hurts. <laughs> <God. laughs> you guys will learn. You'll learn as this goes goes on how um not intelligent I will sound, but I promise it is not just for comedic timing, it is literally me not knowing uh things. I'm I'm doing my best. I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Um, so another treatment was called the sun treatment, which, <laughs> oh man, this theory, it said that if the patient bathed in the sun, it would kill the virus. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> Where have we heard it before? It's like, it's like we're taking a page out of the history book and we're like, hey, you know, let's it worked for them. Let's try it. Didn't work. It didn't work. Um, anyways, it's called heliotherapy, um, which it meant that the patient would live somewhere peaceful with a lot of sunlight. And as time went on, it devolved into sitting patients out on a patio in any type of weather. Sun, rain, wind, snow. It didn't matter. They would put them outside. Because the sun, the sun, smart. Um, and there were also like, and I couldn't find uh, specific instances of this other than there were a few places that mentioned, um, and and I, I honestly, I, I had really dug into this because I did not think that UV light existed during that time period, um, but. I found in my like digging that there was UV light and it would they would penetrate their lungs and try to kill the bacteria through this um but there is no correlation to it working it doesn't work it it just it just doesn't it just I'm sorry it just doesn't um some patients would also freeze to death or catch pneumonia on top of tuberculosis because they were put in all conditions so yeah no real smart um and during my research i saw pictures of patients on these breezeways um and the breezeways they had no windows or screens well there was no windows there were screens so it was like an archway um and it would have a screen and there was two double doors that they would wheel your bed from your actual room 
out onto these breezeways and every patient would go out at the same time and they were all just on this like basically a porch and um they would just leave them there just leave them as you can imagine you know all sorts of uh i don't want to say abuse i don't want to say abuse but i would say abuse um, because if you are a sick patient and you are left in your bed, unable to get out of your bed in the snow, in freezing conditions, that is abuse. Sorry, I don't make the rules. I don't make them. Um, so if you were on this breezeway area, um, you were considered non-terminal at that time. Uh, but if you were moved from those rooms, they would take you to the terminal rooms and usually people did not come back from them um and so if your roommate was gone um and you didn't see them outside the next day um that's usually where they might have been um there was also hydrotherapy as well which was a treatment where they placed you in tubs of water sometimes too long in the water to cure them you know and it's really, it's really um, sad to hear all of these things. And like, yeah, I'm smiling about it. And um, it's just because it makes me really uncomfortable <laughs> to think about it. And I have actually, um, I've been a CNA. I tried it once. And um, I, I wasn't actually employed as one, but I took like a test and... Um, did my clinicals and we we went to a nursing home as students and the things that I saw there were also really abusive and it was hard for me to uh, to basically just do that um, and I remember like my my teachers pulling me aside and being like we just don't think that you're cut out for this and I was like me either you know like i anyways there is also another procedure which was even worse if you thought these were worse like if you thought these were bad this is worse um it's called a uh pneumothorax procedure or pneumothorax pneumothorax spelled like that um it is where they would deflate a lung for a period of time thinking that it would heal and they would also put balloons inside the lungs and fill it with air to expand the lungs thinking that if they got more oxygen they would be fine um, and it was not fine. Um, most of the people that had the balloons put inside their lungs died. They died. And, um, because I would imagine, uh, expanding your lungs past the point of their natural inflation basically, like, pops it. It pops it like a balloon. Um, and that's it. Even just like me... Uh, reading about this, I 
my brain started like imagining what that looked like and it's just not it's just not great it's just not great um so there is some speculation uh as to how many people died at wave waver wave, wave, <laughs> jeez <laughs> sorry um but the estimate is uh that in the beginnings there were at least one death per day and that at least 6000 people and I think that's probably generous. Like, I honestly th think that's probably a generous estimate. Um, but there's just too many, like, different facts about this. And it was really difficult for me to find one that I could 100% with certainty say um, was the correct answer. Um, in 1961, Waverly Hills closed its doors. Yay. Um, but reopened a year later. Yeah, not yay. As Woodhaven Geriatrics Sanitarium. So I went from sanatorium to sanitarium. I don't know the difference. Um, but there were a lot of rumors and stories about uh, patient mistreatment and experiments at Woodhaven as well. Um, and I don't know if any of you have ever heard things like this, but um, there, there's... There's a lot of information that state-run mental health facilities um, are horrendous. They have horrible living conditions. Um, and I think, I think in the 90s or early 2000s, most of them have closed. Um, I believe. My facts may be wrong about that, but I think that the majority closed in those time period. Um, we had one here in my state that um i had heard about and uh it was it, it's just it's just brutal i mean it just really is um and what's even worse is even if it's not state run and it is at a privatized um hospital sometimes the conditions are also not great and and it's a it's a big problem like, it's a big problem with mental health facilities in general, um, but because it was um, geriatrics as well, um, and like I said, I, I, I've done a clinical at a nursing home, and I know some stuff, um, I would say, chances are it wasn't great. Sorry, talking make me thirsty. Um, so <clears throat> it, it's it's rough. Um, some of the mistreatment done, uh, which has been verified, was the use of electroshock, um, which was considered very very effective during that time, and that was not always the case, if I'm honest. Um. Another little side note is I had, I had a, like, she's, she's my grandma, but she's, like, by marriage, not my real, like, grandma, um, and she had had a lot of electroshock, and, um, it, it, it does not always do what it is supposed to do, um, and sometimes it makes it worse. Sometimes it actually helps. It it honestly, I think, 
at those at those times um the way that they went about it was to basically harm sometimes and not to treat it was basically i i feel like sometimes at least reading what i read it's it's similar to like lobotomies in a way where it is it was intended to make the patients docile and not to actually treat the things that it was supposed to treat um Anyway, um, with all the patients and the people dying, um, is there really any wonder there's ghosts? And it is also said that ghosts and entities love being around places with a lot of misfortune. Um, and I guess because the energy of the place, the pain and the sadness is, is, is easily fed off of by ghosts, I guess. At least that's like something that I've heard. Um, energy in places like that also, and if you believe in um, residual energy, it, it does not leave. And, and as we know from like science, energy cannot be like created and or killed. It's just like recycled constantly. Um, so, like, if you die, your energy goes to the earth, and in the earth, it eats the worms, and then the ground, and the ground makes the trees, and circle of life. You know, circle of life, like Lion King. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, anyways, after the geriatric sanitarium closed its doors, uh, the next two decades, uh, the place was basically passed down from hand to hand um 1983 a developer purchased the property and turned it into a minimum security prison or wanted to uh, but the plans were dropped because neighbors protested they did not want this um but then the the, the guy was like hey let's also let's just turn it into apartments then you know two vastly different things um can you imagine living in an apartment where people died like over and over for years on end nah i'm good i don't wanna it's like it's like i don't know if this is true real estate agents if you're out there listening um i have heard that if someone dies in a house like not from natural causes i guess but like if they've been murdered or whatever you have to tell the people who are buying the property <laughs> Is that true? I don't know, but I would want to know, I guess, if I moved into an apartment and there were, they were like, hey, yeah, like 6,000 people died here, and, but the rent's cheap. It's like $1,500. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm good. Don't want that. Um, in 1996, Waverly and the land was then bought by Robert Alberhasky, who ran the Christ Redeemer Foundation. Um, he had plans to construct the tallest statue of Jesus on the site with an art and worship center. Like I said, there's a gargoyle. Why not add Jesus in the mix? Let's go. Um, so it was supposed to be the same size or rival the size of the Christ Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro. Um, and it was supposed to sit on the roof of the sanatorium. Um, and it was going to cost a... $4 million. And I guess that didn't happen. Um, 
The next phase of his plan was then to turn it into a chapel, a theater, and a gift shop. And that was also going to cost $8 million. Um, and so he did not get that money. Uh, the project was then canceled in 1997. <clears throat> Thank you, by the way, to uh, KC Ghost, KCGghost.com. KCGghost.com. Um, I found out that this same man was told that he could not continue the work in the sanitarium. Or sanatorium, my bad. And uh, so the property was deemed a historically endangered building, which if you have ever heard it, like once again, thank you, real estate, that um, if something is a historically endangered building, you cannot do certain things to those buildings because they want to like preserve them. Um, <clears throat> he did not like that. So to recoup his costs, he allowed the building to be vandalized. They smashed all the windows, uh, the toilets, the sinks, because back then they were made out of porcelain. Um, they just basically destroyed everything. They went in and they smashed walls and doors, decorated with graffiti, tore down the hinges and the radiators were ripped apart. Um, there's a rumor that all the employees from the building, uh, were told that they weren't going to be paid so you could steal. Um, so they took, uh, the brass and the marble, and I guess probably as well the copper. Um, and he began, this, this man, um, Robert decided he was going to dig around the property because he wanted to cause structural damage because if there's structural damage it can't be saved so then it wouldn't be a historical protected thing it would fall apart um and so there's said that you can find evidence of his digging throughout the um the property and you can still see it even now um he then abandoned the property by um trying to scam the insurance uh this guy was really smart and i don't know if he actually went to jail i don't don't know um so he went around the southern edge of the building and was trying to um basically mess stuff up I'm gonna sneeze. I'm gonna sneeze. Please don't sneeze. Don't sneeze. I'm trying to do a thing. Don't sneeze. I'm gonna cut this out later. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. It went away. <laughs> um, so the scheme also failed. And the property was then sold in 2001 to the current property owners, Charlie and Tina Mattingly. And I do believe that they are still actually the owners of this property. Um, I think I checked double checked and I think I think they still are um and there's by the way there are tours I think online to do um and I'm hoping that now that we're vaxxed and waxed and ready to relax that we can start probably stuff again sometime who knows um anyways um here is a quote um by Charlie 
I do believe. Um, I wasn't aware of all the paranormal activity when I first got a hold of the place. It just came on me and I discovered it. As I discovered it, I would run into other people who would tell me similar stories. So, anyways, um, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, and it's also a little suspicious that every single endeavor that someone had for the property uh, fell through. A little, little weird. Um, it isn't like I believe in like divine intervention or anything like that, but like someone, someone was like, nah, bitch, you can't do this shit here. You can't, absolutely not. You cannot build on this place. Like, I'm sorry. Um, and just maybe it's coincidence. I don't know, but it does sound a little mysterious and weird. Spooky, if you will. Um, anyways. Yay, now we're on to the fun stuff. We got through all of the... Uh, we got through all of the, the sad and uh, horrible history. We're going to get to talk about the ghosts. Yay, the ghosts. Um, so we're going to talk about the spooky, and this is why I can't sleep this week. So welcome to Scared Sleepless. Anyways, um, so here's the weird stuff and I watched videos and I read a bunch of blogs and um there's a lot of scary stuff and it's a lot for me to take in and but also interesting and cool so anyways <clears throat> in the cafeteria area there are people that have said that they can smell food being cooked and that there is a man that walks around in a white coat honestly if a ghost wants to make me some bread or some cookies that would be pretty cool I mean um then I wouldn't have to do it um I can't really bake and I tried to make sourdough during COVID when we had the lockdown um and I grew bugs in the container because <laughs> you're supposed to like leave it on the counter with a covered and then you know feed it every day and I forgot to feed it and I forgot to check it and it grew gnats inside of it and that's how come I don't cook I mean, I cook. I just don't bake. I don't bake. Um, there are also reports of lights being seen in the w windows at night, but there is no electricity. Uh, on the third floor, which is said to have housed the children, there is a young girl who runs down the halls. Um, and there is a young boy named Timmy who plays with a ball on the floor. And I've watched several videos of this ball, like, just moving down the corridor. Um, or, or like you can hear it like ka-thunk, ka-thunk, ka-thunk across the floor where you threw it and then just hear it like skitter across the floor back to you. Um, and maybe, maybe they're playing it up for the cameras. Maybe there's somebody on the opposite end of the hall and they're like, hey, I'm gonna throw this ball down. Can you roll it and, and we'll shoot it? I mean, I don't, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um... There is also an account of a woman who has bleeding wrists who asks for help. Um, and here's the real spooky stuff. Um, there are shadow people. Um, and shadow people are said to be either manifestations of ghosts or inhuman spirits. And they're usually seen out of the corner of your eye. Um, kind of like when you have sleep paralysis, which I have had. And they just kind of like stare at you in the corner. They're just chilling there and they're like, hey, my name is Bradley. Um, I'm just watching you sleep. Um, just thought I would just sit here, watch, 
and you're scared because you're like, Bradley, I'm trying to sleep, like, and I can't move, and I can't yell at you, and I'm just watching you look at me. And also there's pictures of, like, in, I think it's like the 1800s, where sleep paralysis is like a naked lady, and she's just chilling with her, her boobies hanging out, and she's like, hey, uh, there's this gremlin-like looking dude on his on her chest and she's just like I can't get up and that's what sleep paralysis looks like apparently um so anyway they just kind of like move and look at you and try to scare you um they also have like a tendency to be called demons uh, but I don't know if they are or they aren't um but if they were demons I guess they would love to be at a place where a lot of death and like sad things and horrendous things have happened um there is also a entity called the creeper um who at this 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 one right here um so people at waverly and ghost hunters and like ghost tour people who work at waverly um say that the creeper gives you like a sense of dread and like doom um you just feel um un unnerved and like the hair on your arms and like the back of your neck will stand up and you're scared um and they climb on the ceilings and the walls they're like spider-man but like not friendly and uh not in a cute outfit nah he is found on the fourth floor, and it is said that he's going to drop from the ceiling or the wall onto the floor, make a big loud thunk, and crawl on the floor towards you on all fours, like the beast from Beauty and the Beast, and he's like, rawr, rawr. that's that's him, the creeper. Now, <laughs> this, is, this is where I'm like, okay, is this demon? Because, like, he's on the ceiling exorcist style with, like, his head turning around. Um, and I don't watch movies with demons. I just don't. Especially The Exorcist, where I've seen the girl, like, crab walking down the stairs. Um, yeah. The creeper sounds like that to me. Um, there's also doppel doppelgangers, um, which are harbingers of bad luck. In German, doppel means double and... Ganger means walker or goer. Um, they look like people you know or yourself and are considered wraiths. They are a wraith and not a ghost, which is really funny to me because I was doing my research and I was like, really, we're going to get down to semantics here. We're going to go, we're going to go deep. Um, so I'm not sure why they wanted to differentiate between a wraith and a ghost and why that mattered. Um, but wraith are apparently evil, whereas ghosts are human spirits. Wraiths are evil, yes. Um, it's said that if you see one, um, if you see one that is looking like you, um, then you die or you just have a lot of really bad luck. Um, and you know, they say that everybody has like a twin and I've been told that I look, I just got that face that just be looking like people, but... If I saw myself in a creepy haunted place, I would be like, nothing. No, no thank you. Um, in the death shoot, 
is said to have uh, tons of EVP, voices, footsteps, and shadow people. Um, because the death chute has no electricity and is 500 feet long, I would say, to me, your eyes are going to play tricks on you. Um, because it's like sensory deprivation in a way. Like, there's no... And a lot of ghost hunters turn off their flashlights. So you're basically in a tube that has no other sounds but you and or mice in it. It's dark. You know, I don't know. This is the skepticism in me coming out. I, I don't know. Um, but I mean, I guess if tons of bodies went down the chute, um, I guess scary things could pop up there. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of speculation that the fifth floor um, housed patients who went insane from TV going to their brain. Um, and I did not know that it could do that, but apparently it can. Um, the fifth floor also houses room 502 and 503. Um, and those are very infamous in, like, you know, the, uh, stuff that I was looking into. Um, in 1928, there was a head nurse who was found in 502. Um, she had hung herself with a light fixture at 29 years old. Um, she was unmarried and pregnant at the time. Um, it's unknown how long she was hanging there before anyone found her. Um, some information that I found was kind of like off and on, like giving me different things. So here's some information that I found. Um, <clears throat> so there was a maintenance worker named Mr. Thornberry. Smashing. Uh... Mr. Thornberry found the woman, um, but this story also changed a few times from the woman um, hanging herself in the room to hanging herself outside in the hallway. Um, there were so many like different opinions, um, so I put both. Um, and this story is just, I mean, honestly, it's really sad um, because she was unmarried and women during that time um, were ostracized having sex before marriage and having a child out of wedlock um there's also a rumor that she may have contracted tb um or that she had tried to have an abortion um and that the child's body was found in the well system um i could not find actual proof of that i don't actually know um for sure but um Another thing that is kind of, like, interesting to me, how did a nurse who could not leave Waverly get pregnant? So, and, and to me, that just kind of, like, screams, was she assaulted? Um, and we don't know. There's no way for me to know. But I'm just saying there is a possibility because she was living there and... I don't know. That's just me filling in blanks where there's no actual proof. Um, <clears throat> in 1932, there was another wor uh, nurse who was said to have leapt from the balcony of the roof that leads from that specific room. Um, but there's also, like, a rumor that she was uh, pushed, but we don't know. Um, 
there's no evidence and I couldn't find any to prove whether or not she actually um, was pushed or anything. Um, in room 502, people say they see shapes and movement um, and lights out the window. Um, and 502 kind of seems like it has a lot of activity. There's a lot of stories about stuff happening in this specific room and that most of the um, shadow people are there. Um, <clears throat> so I watched Ghost Adventures and there was a tour guide named Scott who was speaking about the surgery room, claiming that people got headaches, body aches, um, in that specific room. He also claimed that during a ghost tour, he was punched in the back, um, and that door has been known to slam, but there is no wind or persons inside that room. Um, there was also a mysterious death of a homeless man, um, or a displaced person. Um, I'm trying, um, to, to, to say different things for that um, displaced person and his dog who found down the elevator shaft. People have claimed that they can see the dog, but not the man. And I find that interesting because um, growing up as like church and stuff, I'm not religious now, but back then uh, people were like, dogs don't souls so why would a dog who doesn't have a soul be a ghost but you know like <laughs> there's that movie of um all dogs go to heaven so i guess maybe maybe the dog can find his way i don't know um <clears throat> so there are also a lot of tales of sat satanic rituals being performed i stuttered all over that um, but like anything that's a little weird or like not Christian, pagan, whatever, oh, I'm itchy. that makes me itchy, um, is considered usually satanic. Um, and I would just say that there's like no proof one way or the other that it is. I think it's just people being like, oh, there's a pentagram and Satan. Um, in the early 2000s, that just opened the door and scared the poop out of me. Um, the sanatorium was open for the awakening of Waverly Manor, which was where the ghost stories started to, like, amp up because they were doing ghost tours in the building and, um, like, did Halloween stuff. Um, <clears throat> And they would reopen the lobby in the first floor for Halloween. Um, here's some cool stuff that I found. Um, there was a movie filmed on the premises called The Death Tunnel in 2005, um, where the filmmakers also made a documentary called Spooked, which is absolutely hilarious to me. And you can't actually find them. They are real. I looked it up. And they look very... Um, Blair Witchy. <laughs> um, there are also tons of TV shows and channels who have filmed uh, here. 
and they all have various accounts of what happened. I watched about three of them, and not at night, but I watched them. Um, I don't really always believe everything that I see on TV either, um, but there's a little bit of unexplained weird phenomenon that happens there. Um, so anyway, that is the story of Waverly Hills Sanatorium, and that is why I cannot sleep this week. I am scared sleepless, and uh, so there you go. That is uh, Waverly Hills. And <clears throat> I would like to say that this is my first episode. Um, I will try once a week. I don't know my actual, like, upload schedule or whatever. But I have a YouTube channel, Twitter. And I will be posting this everywhere else. Um, so thank you for listening to the first episode next next week. Or I'm going to next topic. How about that? The next topic this week, I'm going to... I'm pretty excited about. Um, it is about where... True, my cat slammed the door it is where true crime meets the paranormal and they had a baby and my cat is just all sorts of annoying um it is called the bennington triangle and i'm pretty excited about it um and that cat that you saw in the background that is baku and he is a butthole so anyway, why don't you uh, tell me in the comments why you're scared sleepless this week, um, and I will see you next time. So, bye!